the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Greg Fleet. Yes, yeah, somehow Fleety's back on the show again. Oh. How did that happen, Greg? I've heard the word co-host bandied about, my friend. <laughs> well, you're just in time for some Coldplay, Ganga Jang and Eskimo Joe. Oh, i got to go. We'll <laughs> bring out the emergency co-host. We've got our Crime Watch. What's your story? What else is in Ian McLaughlin's wallet? Ooh. And the return of our classic British sitcom, All Me Plums. Oh, classic. It's all coming up on Get This. It's the drug of choice in the community at the moment. From Mildura to uh, Lake Centrance and from, say, Wodonga through to Warnable. They're everywhere. That's those Dixies Midnight Runners. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Get This Right Around Australia. Myself, Tony Martin, Richard Marsland on the buttons. Mm. Good morning, Tony. And Greg Fleet's back. Give him a round. I tell you, a week goes fast in showbiz. I don't know what's happened. I think Vince Colosimo was meant to be here last week. Oh. And then something you... No, I just came in. I, I saw Vince out the front and just dealt with him severely and... Uh, that's how I get my work. Just iron bar to the shins. Absolutely. Uh, Jack Thompson was meant to be in this morning, but uh, <laughs> it's fleety magic again. Hey, but what about Mr. Marsden? Because I don't know if you've seen his work on Rove. Mm-hmm. He'll often play uh, dead body floating in river, yeah, second that. bloke from the lift. Mm-hmm. Um, He's always yeah. been good at that. It's all me. Yeah. Anything tonight? Uh, um, maybe my hands might appear at some point. Oh. I do a lot of great yeah, hand That's work. sizzle. Nice. Yes. I do yeah. have nice hands. But I just see there's a big Rove controversy in the paper today because the Women's Day have got... Rove and Belinda, our baby plans, mm-hmm. and apparently never spoke to them at all. <laughs> oh, really? What's yeah. happened there? Well, it looks like they've uh, cut and pasted it from other interviews, or they've just taken a bunch of selected words from six years of broadcasting and, and, and pieced them together for a oh. sentence, as if to say, I want a baby. <laughs> like we do. Yeah. I want a baby. <laughs> I thought it, it says, because the headline is Baby Claims Upset Rove, and I'm not actually trying to be amusing here. I actually thought it said Baby Clams Upset Rove. <laughs> thought, oh, seafood sensitive. You know? <laughs> well, it's true, they do. And when the baby is born, the <laughs> fictional baby, I'd like to think that you'll be in a bonnet. Oh, yeah. And playing it in sketch. the sketch. On the yeah. sketch, of course. Sign me up. I'm there. <laughs> Oh, no, he'd probably be playing, like, the nanny. You know, but you only see from the knees down or something. Uh, but she was uh, something to do with flashing queens. Sorry, whenever somebody says the nanny, <laughs> oh, oh. that song gets stuck in my head. Oh, she... I'm sorry, I don't know if any listeners out there considered it a great show, but, oh, I, I could... I could do without hearing her voice or seeing her ever again. <laughs> hey, you were uh, should have been here yesterday, Fleety. We were playing clips from Number 96, The Extremely oh. Fruit. There's a great new DVD of Number 96 out. Oh, well, there's, there's, the guy who's in Neighbours at the moment, he's playing the friend, the, the offsider of, uh, of um, who's the old guy? Um, in Neighbours. <laughs> this is where we need Dave Grady. Yeah, no, uh, so, Lou. Yeah, yeah, Lou. Lou, yep. is, uh, he was like in one of the first nude scenes in number 96 in right. the shower with, uh, I think, Belinda someone. And he was, but he, you know, he was nuding up, a young man back then. You know? And Abigail, of course. Abigail, who I... Tony Martin, I'm actually trying to seduce into being in a play later in the year. Well, not seduce. Like is that. there a play really, though? No. <laughs> no, but, but there is Abigail and you can dream. She was, when I was young, she was uh, nude. And that's all that counts. <laughs> that was her job. Yeah, she was a professional nude. <laughs> but there was, um, she was also in my favourite named Australian film. 
Oh, not Pacific Banana. <laughs> no, there's one better. It's it's a Phil Avalon movie. Oh, excellent. A bloke who made, uh, I think, two films with Christopher Atkins from the Blue Lagoon in Australia. Signal One mm-hmm. with Christopher Atkins and Mark Jacko oh. Jackson as mismatched cops. Yeah, but nice, you see, because they don't go together naturally, so it's kind of, it's, it's like twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But not as good. And then uh, Exchange Lifeguards with oh. Christopher Atkins and Julian McMahon. That's just that now that pairing. Although, who would have thought at that time Julian McMahon would be the one to mm. go on to be highly successful? But before those films, oh, it's not even one of those. No, two. it's not even oh. one of those two. Oh. The Sheer Mountains Killings Mystery. You can't oh. say it even oh. sober. It's impossible to say. <laughs> the Sheer Mountains Killings Mystery. This is the cast. Phil Avalon himself, the director, like playing the lead role. Oh, he's a handsome man. Then you've got Abigail. Mm. Aussie Joe Bugner. Oh, he's so Aussie, it's ridiculous. And Stephen Jacobs. Oh, nice combo. And it's called The Sheer Mountains Killings Mystery. <laughs> and let me guess, it was Aussie Joe Bugner. <laughs> That's no mystery. But you just go, why not just The Sheer Mountains Killings? Or, 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 or The Sheer Mountains Mystery. Or The Rock Mountain the Rock Mountain Mystery. Or, yeah, yeah, just, just something, yeah, Sheer, but Killings and Mystery. Or like, it's wrong. It's mountains wrong. Killings Mystery. And if I remember, there's no Killings. Like, somebody dies at the very end. There are no actual killings, as I recall. That's a Brokeback Mountain mystery, that is. So you'll ask Abigail about that, won't you? I will. I'll say, Abigail, uh, just before you do the audition, um, <laughs> can you just enlighten me a little about uh, the fact that there were no killings? <laughs> and she'd probably say, I imagine, she would say, yes, I've felt ashamed of that my whole life. I, I, was, uh, you know, I, I wanted there to be killings. You know. Where have you been, Fleety? I have been, uh, just got back yesterday from uh, Cobar in, uh, yes. in Outback, New South Wales, and... To get there, they, they, they my, my management don't tell me this. They say, you've got a gig in Cobar, and they'll give you heaps of cash. And I right. go, excellent, because my management are pirates. Obviously, yes, as, as I understand it. Yeah, they usually, I get paid in doubloons. <laughs> but, uh, so I get on the plane, and it's, I get a business class flight, so I'm feeling a bit zhuzhy. Fly to Sydney, and then I've got to get another flight from Sydney, uh, where I think, you know, from Sydney to Cobar. Get on that plane, it's one of those small planes that, like, you notice as the planes get smaller, the, the <laughs> warnings about what to do in case of an emergency get shorter because they know that, you know, it's just going to be fatal. So I'm on this, this small plane going, oh, this is bad. Then that stops in Dubbo. And they say, now get on another plane. And in, on the third plane, it was so little. It was like a, a four-seater. I'm in the co-pilot seat, right? I'm actually with a, a control in front of me that's doing moving by itself. And the pilot looks really old. And I just go, this is definitely going to be one of those, uh, uh, you're going to land this thing sort of scenarios. And it was just ridiculous. And he kept touching my leg. Um, but uh, it, it just got smaller as well. And then I thought, that one actually got to Cobar. And I was waiting for them to say, now there's a hang glider to take you to your motel. And then there's a pigeon. We'll pick you up and take you to the venue. You know? And then to get to the gig, you just like the Birdman Rally. <laughs> yeah. Just jumping off a jetty. Yeah. Make your own plane. <laughs> With a bath towel around your neck and cereal boxes on your ass. <laughs> Welcome to show business. <laughs> Flap your wings, you're not even trying. <laughs> that could be in the Sheer Mountains Killings Mystery. See how hard it is to say? The Sheer Mountains Killings Mystery. Don't, he's back. Yeah, and it's probably one of those things too, 13 years ago on this very day. Aussie Joe Bugner <laughs> went spastic. <laughs> Aussie. I just love Aussie Joe Bugner. It's like, it's just the Aussiest thing. It's more Aussie than even like claiming New Zealand things as our own, like Russell Crowe and stuff like that. But just calling someone, just calling himself Aussie Joe Bugner, it's like, you're so obviously not Aussie. You know, there's no one you know, just, it's just an Aussie bloke called Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> And his brother, oi, oi, oi. These are the big issues we're mm. tackling today. Are yeah. we running over, Nicky? 
Yeah. Maybe. What about that Costello business? Uh, I, I love how that bloke had that letter in his wallet since 1994. <laughs> yeah. Like, how paranoid is that? The fear is going, or maybe he forgot. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's got other stuff in his wallet. But, but uh... Entire Hansard <laughs> in the back pocket. <laughs> I've got yeah, every single thing ever said in Parliament. But uh, I don't know about, about uh, the Costello. Mm. I, think it's, uh, I think it's wrong uh, that a, a dead comedian should be even considering getting the, uh, the role. But I, I love that about there's Abbott and Costello, obviously, in the in the Federal Liberal Party, and Howard was the name of most of the Three Stooges. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's just uh, it's Comedy Central there in government land. Isn't Don Knotts in the Upper House? I, I believe so. The Ghost of Mr Chicken, I think, was oh. actually shot in the Upper House. Which, ironically, featured the same sets they used in the Sheer Mountains Killings Mystery. Do you reckon anyone's still listening? No. <laughs> That'll be Coldplay with the hardest part here at Get This on Triple M, where uh, Richard Marsden's pushing buttons and Greg Fleet's in the sidecar again. Oh, yeah. And uh, in, and I feel very safe in your hands as a, as really? a sidecar passenger. Despite that first segment? Mm, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we weren't even out of the garage then. I'm looking for big stories. Oh. Uh, the US has enlisted the world to watch its border. You know how they're worried about people pouring in from Mexico? Here's the answer. Nerds on the internet. Oh. Web users will be enlisted in the fight against illegal immigration by offering live surveillance footage of the Mexican border on the internet. The plan will allow web users worldwide to watch the border of Texas with Mexico and phone the authorities oh. if they see any apparent illegal crossings. Uh, I'd, if I was an illegal crosser, I would uh, I'd ring them up and say, no, nothing, got nothing going on today. <laughs> what was that cartoon running noise? Nothing. <laughs> We've just gone, oh, we can't be bothered yeah. setting something up. We'll just get people on the yeah. internet to just keep get, an eye out. Get anyone to, uh, you know, just get someone to check. But you could, you'd have people approaching them and, you know, like paying them off so that the footage is of, like, yesterday's border and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> or but, maybe to get people interested in doing that, they should just plant naked women all the way along the border. <laughs> that would get people to tune in on the internet. Yeah, it, certainly internet people would suddenly love it. You know, all of like naked single women going, come on, call me, call me now. Just, oh yeah, I know people who do internet dating, and uh, they most of them aren't illegal immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them have crossed the border just for fun. You have to log on to www.bigandbouncyborder.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, check it out! <laughs> Big and illegal immigrants, but check out that. <laughs> Oh, bigandbouncyborder.com. I like that. That could work. Mm -hmm. uh, what other crime have we got? Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago now, but I know a lot of people were talking about this. Um, a judge was amazed how a worker was able to steal more than 130 grand in new $2 coins from the Australian Mint in his boots and lunchbox. Um, this bloke simply scooped coins from the production line into his pockets, then transferred them into his boots and lunch in a toilet cubicle. Over ten months, he walked away with uh, 600 bucks a day. He was arrested in Victoria trying to exchange bags of shiny new $2 coins for notes at shops in the Bendigo region. That's fantastic. I thought you meant $132,000 in one day in his shoes. I think it's got to be Ronald McDonald. Yeah, it's gonna clank. Be, yeah. Clank. Clank. Anything to declare? Police are looking for a clown. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you hear that? Wouldn't you? Oh, and, and 
to do it that or six hundred dollars a day, I suppose, is, is yeah. pretty good. That's good money. But you know, what what what's he going to do? Well, you know, can you call, what does someone just go? Yeah, we'll get you know, those coins look really shiny. If someone gave me a shiny coin, I wouldn't go mm, mint thief. <laughs> I'd just go mm, shiny. Like I'm distracted by shiny things. <laughs> Well, that was part of his plan. Yeah. Oh, it's so shiny, it's so shiny. Wait a minute. Oh, he's gone. And it's in his lunch, too. I know. That's weird. Putting money near food, that's wrong. $2 coins for lunch again, Bob. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love them. $2 coin sandwiches again. Just walking through the checkpoint with a ball gown made out of $2 coins and a huge train behind him. I didn't know it was your wedding, Bob. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. Enough about the coin cape. Let's get back to the Big Brother house where the action really is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Any more slapping this week? Or is it, that, the, there's no slapping so far this week. But uh, what the big story has been is uh, the nude auditions, the nudie run, as the producers call Ooh. it, where everyone has to nude up and uh, jiggle about. In for, auditions? Yeah, to get on to Big Brother. Oh, wow. That's I, I got asked to be on Celebrity Big Brother, and I actually said no. And that's why uh, Kyle ended up doing it. Oh. So I launched his career. So you didn't do the nudie run? Well, that's what I'm thinking. If, if only I'd known that well, uh, you know, there was a chance to take your clothes off in front of someone without paying any cash. It would have been <laughs> excellent. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I haven't actually... But so this is all people auditioning, they're making them get nude. That's right. And there was one of these auditionees was on uh, Today Tonight, um, just so that uh, the story could be on and then they could cut back to Naomi Robs going, hmm... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I wait for that moment. The supercilious comment afterwards. Hmm. Well, you'd think people would be doing something about that, but no. no you can tell quite often they haven't watched the, the story too. Like, there's it's always a really ambiguous statement at yeah. the end. Like, it'll, it'll be about you know teenage people who steal yellow cars. You know, and it'll be on a and they come back to go, and that is happening more and more. And you just go, you haven't even watched that story. You have no idea. Listen to this auditionee from Big Brother. He just said, like, on the spot, now I want you all to have an orgasm. And then you had to abuse, like, yell and scream the most foulest language to the person standing next to you. All of a sudden, he said, stop, now I want you to kiss the person next to you. Boys were kissing other boys. Um, girls were kissing girls. He was pointing to someone and asking, um, have you ever weed or pooed your pants? Ooh. Isn't that how you got this job, Richard Marzel? <laughs> that was the audition process. Yeah. Hang on, why do they need to know whether you've ever pooed your pants? Is that going to be a segment? Is that uh, one of the Friday night games? Yeah. Oh, go! <laughs> do we? Now! You go, oh, yeah, I did it once as a baby, just once. Like. But how, how weird, yeah. Have you ever weed or pooed your pants? Yeah, no, don't tell me all at once. Yeah. Slow down. That's, that is a, a little bit perverse. Is that a skill I'll be needing in here? <laughs> How's that? Uh, but you've got to wonder, maybe that person to me sounded a little bit bitter. <laughs> I think maybe there could be a bit of, uh, bit of sour grapes there. Uh, you know, who knows? Look, maybe it's all true, but I, I just sort of find it weird that there'd be someone just pointing at me and going, bash him, do this, do that, bash him. You have to do a Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I love it. Well, those guys who were in, the, the two miners who were in Beaconsfield, the big one, the first thing the big guy said, well, not the first thing, one of the things the big guy said when he came out was, I didn't do poo. <laughs> And I was actually wondering about that too. It was like he answered the question I wanted to hear. Okay, two weeks. I wonder if he's done poo. And he, he said he hadn't done poo, but the little guy had done it three times. In a hat. 
Put him in too. They're like, but it made him sound a bit weak. Like, I didn't do it. He did it three times. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Mate, I was backed up for two weeks. How was he, mind? Yeah, exactly. But it was, uh, they were. It was just so Aussie legend. You know, I heard them called Anzacs. Going, oh, they're Aussie legend hero Anzacs. You know, you go, it'd only be Anzacs if there was like Turkish blokes in the mine <laughs> shooting at them at the same time. Yeah. Uh, lady, do you like a bit of classic British comedy? I, oh, there's really only one sitcom that I really, really kind of go for. Which one's that? Oh, you probably don't remember. It was, it was a great, great show. Uh, it's called Umi Plums. <laughs> I think we've got an episode of Umi Plums coming up next. <laughs> you don't. Oh, get this. Get this. They should not be there. They should be out. They should be out. All of them. For the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito on Triple M. Welcome back to Today Tonight, and if you've got any more examples of political correctness gone mad... Oh, sorry to get this on Triple Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Briefly. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was buying right into that. I just love being able to say political correctness gone mad. Political correctness gone mad. <laughs> that's political correctness. That's the, the sequel to political correctness. Keep in mind, this isn't part of the show, Fleety, so you can say what you want. Oh, that's right. This is the free bit. Yeah, out of the ads. Yeah, nice, nice. Doesn't really count. Mm. And no Ed Cavill, he's still, we don't even know where he is. He's back on the show on Thursday, live in the studio, that's what we're told, and I think really the whole Otto Fister thing has run out of steam. The Fister thing? Well, yeah. I think it's all ancient fistry. Oh, hang on, just while we, it's not part of the show, get out, um, Mr. Dobolina, yeah, oh, play yeah. that one to Flirty. Oh. We've got a, we've so many Fister songs. People have been sending us in ideas for Fister songs. Well, there was a lot of original Fister songs recorded in the 80s. <laughs> Do you remember this one? Fister. Dobolina. Fister. Fister. Dobolina. I didn't realise that they, they actually got his full name in there. And so I used to think I used to think it actually said Mr. Dobolina, Mr. Bob Dobolina. But now that I listen to it more closely, it's Mr. Bobolina, Otto Fister Bobolina. It's amazing. I have no idea. Um, coming up next, have we got uh, Twisted Fister today? <laughs> Like oh. Mr. Fister, that was a good band. Mr. Fister was sensational. I actually find my, my uh, breath is a little not fresh. I might just gargle with some Fisterine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got some uh, classic British comedy coming up and then a scene from Fister Mom. <laughs> That'll be Gang Jang Sounds of Then here at Get This on Triple M. And Greg Fleet is uh, on board today. Uh, I know you love a bit of old-style British classic comedy, Fleety. Uh, Ooh, uh, matron. I'm, uh, I love I'm, I'm big on the, your body. Oh, yeah. My, mm, I love your body work. What was your favourite, do you think? Oh, I think it would have to be uh, on the buses. Oh, all right. Go easy, Blakey. It's just a couple of birds. <laughs> <laughs> that weird, that blonde guy. Hey, how many, I just could never believe how you're in the gloomiest town in England. <laughs> and there's just so many Swedish au pair girls <laughs> hanging out with bus drivers. Bus drivers with, like, teeth that make mine look really cool. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, my teeth are very wrong. But uh, they're like, hey, go easy, mate, what's happening? And just with, like, two of the hottest chicks you've ever seen in like, your life hanging off them. Yeah, and they're earning, like, 25p a week as a bus driver. Cool, blimey, I've never seen as many bleeding Swedish au pair girls down here, down Hampton Week. <laughs> Ever since Swedish au pair week last year. But, you know, so they, will, they would get bored with how much kind of like incredibly vigorous Swedish sex they were having because that's what English bus drivers do too much of. But look, we had one running for years uh, called All Me Plums. Oh, my favourite. And uh, there's been a lot of requests for it to come back. Oh, really? Um... 
if people don't remember it, it was basically a series of unlikely groin injuries in polite society. Oh, it's, mate, I'm just starting to laugh now at just thinking about it. Some of my favourite words. What have you written down there? Oh, this is some of the other, um, the other shows. <laughs> yeah, what did you come up with? Um, there was one called uh, Just a Couple of Birds, which was, uh, which was a spin-off of On the Buses. And it was, uh, it was that guy with the blonde hair and the weird teeth. In a, a share house, kind of like uh, Three's Company, with yeah. two Swedish au pair girls. Well, we got into a lot of trouble on Mark Malloy years ago because that bloke, um, Bob Grant, his name oh, yeah. was, who always claimed that he invented the phrase, It's <laughs> <laughs> not even a phrase, it's a noise. <laughs> he invented the noise. Ah. He did attempt to commit suicide by uh, gassing himself in his car. Oh, really? I think we said that he'd uh, tried to do it in the double-decker bus. It oh. had taken weeks and there were a lot of complaints. <laughs> I would never condone a comment like that no, now. Not oh. now, but you were younger then. Yeah, younger and, and way more ruthless, more foolish, <laughs> more ambitious. And uh, no, I won't. I won't. But, but you know, it's not encouraging people. But the other show that these uh, these producers who produced uh, <laughs> all me plums, all me plums, uh, their their the big success for them was called Core. That's me, Ghoulie. Um, which is just a, the one Ghoulie. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That was part of the humour. It was like about a guy in the town who only had one Ghoulie, and of course everyone made fun of him and stuff. But uh, he'd always get up to Ghoulie, singular Ghoulie-based hijinks. <laughs> Look, that's so tasteless and so immature. We never do anything like that now. Next week on Get This, it's the best of classic UK comedy with a brand new encore screening of never-before-seen footage by request of all me plums. All me plums! Yes, by unpopular demand, it's the long-unwanted return of brand new episodes of All Me Plums. Oh, look out, Vicar! I beg your pardon, Lady Felchingham Blither. You were about to sit down on that inordinately protuberant and unthinkingly placed seatless bicycle. I'm not falling for any seatless bicycle nonsense this time round, madam. I'm far too battle-scarred and preoccupied with plum safety since the last series. Oh, well, let me pour you a nice scalding hot tea. Oof. Oh, I'm terribly embarrassed, Vicky. <laughs> That's all right. This time my plums is safely cradled by this asbestos plum hammock, which not only protects them from scalding beverage mishaps, but maintains them at optimum plum temperature at all times. Oh, is this the heat control here? No, my plums! Yes, upstairs, downstairs, they've all gone plum crazy at Swollen Manor in all new Orby Plums. This week's episode, Something Wicked This Way Plums. Orby Plums, same one take one market. Orby Plums! Now look here, Mr. Bulking Twat, there's no way in Hades I'm going to accept a consignment of 100 hastily assembled shooting sticks sight unseen. Gentlemen who attend my grouse blasting festival want to know their plums are planted on something comfortable and thoughtfully constructed. There's no wrong with these shooting sticks. Look, I'll demonstrate. Ah, there. Look. Oh, hang on. What does this switch do? Oh, a convenient thermos pops into view. Oh, that's handy. Could you pour me a scalding hot cup of tea? No, I can't. It's a demonstration model. No, oh, that's a pity. Well, anyway, it seems all in order, so I'll show you where to stack them. Just step over this totally wound wire fence, if you could. Oh, just as well I was across there. Aye, but you want to watch out for that badly placed seesaw. Oh, missed me by centimetres. And that descending sandbag. That were a close one. Well done. Ciao very much. Champagne. No. Oh, my plums. Yeah. 
Yes, it's a plum dinger of an episode next week on All Me Plums. Lady Faffington, your sex change has been a remarkable success. Thank you very much. I trust you know Lord Waftingham, the famously cack-handed crossbow champion. Pleased to meet you. Oh, All Me Plums! So join us as we plumb the heights of comedy. And coming soon, a brand new UK classic like nothing you've seen before. Don't miss all be satsubis. Thank you, Eskimo Joe. Here we get this on Triple M around the nation. Before that, we heard All Me Plums. Oh, which, uh, love it. My favourite British sitcom, basically, All Me Plums. Really? And uh, I, as most people who are big fans of the show, I know it spun off a lot of uh, lot of films and even <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The um, Plum Thing Wicked, This Way Comes, was a, a horror film that came out of it. Um, the song Plum on Eileen, which we played <laughs> earlier, uh, which is about a woman with fruit. It's got like a kind of, um, uh, you know, woman yeah. who had fruit on her head. Uh, yeah, that woman. Um uh, plum Thing About Mary was uh, <laughs> a very great fruit-based film. Um, Harold Pinter's The Plum Waiter. I don't know if you're aware of his Harold Pinter's work. I am the only yeah. man to have ever referenced Albert Camus on this station, so I'm going further with Pinter. It's like a competition. Dave Graney wanted to talk about Shostakovich when oh, he was in here on Friday. Oh, he's out-literatured me. <laughs> and uh, my favourite, though, was a kind of amusing uh, buddy comedy recently from America about a piece of fruit and a guy that can fix drains called Plum and Plumber. <laughs> Oh, man, I hurt myself with that. <laughs> I couldn't even hear it. I'd just like to remind you that the show is brought to you by the new Mercedes-Benz Vito. <laughs> I'm sure they love being associated with all me plums. I can't talk, I'm playing the pan flute. <laughs> <laughs> and just reminding you, it is the classiest van on the market, but don't be fooled into thinking that means it's too expensive. And so many safety features, there's no way you can hurt your plums while driving it. <laughs> oh, unless, unless you're in that town. <laughs> unless you're in that swollen manner. Uh, let's get up the mountain, please. Looking for big stories. What's going on? The bloke accused of uh, beating up Gary Ablett has escaped from a psychiatric unit and partied with Italian soccer fans. I only mention it because his, his name is Viasa of the Sea. Viasa of the Sea? <laughs> yeah. That's so not his real name, is it? No, it's apparently his real name. Oh, and they, actually, they refer to him later on. Uh, you know, blah, 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 the article. Mr. Of the Sea on rail right. was in court. <laughs> the whole Ablett uh, beating has been engineered to make people on the news say, and Mr. Of the Sea was once again seen leaving the courtroom. Maybe it's maybe it's some kind of uh, advertising campaign for Chicken of the Sea. Possibly. Yeah, they're going to launch it in Australia. But uh, Mr. Of the Sea, maybe, uh, obviously it's not... His real name, but uh, <laughs> um, how would you bash up Gary Ablett? I mean, I'm I'm no expert on bashing people up, but I, no. I would think if I was starting out in that field, I'd choose someone a little bit less talented at bashing, you know, <laughs> at being like, dishing it out. But yeah. uh, Mister Obviously must be very big, I reckon. But when he's in a car yard, Gary Ablett loses his magic powers. Oh, is that, yeah, is that what happens? <laughs> But maybe so. Mr. Obviously is also a bit like Neptune and can call on, or like mar, like Marine Boy, he can call on like, his, like dolphin friends and stuff and like throw starfish at Gary Ablett and stuff. Marine Boy, Harold Pinter, on the buses. <laughs> Welcome to Get This with Greg Fleet. It's very modern. Here's a story for you. Uh, uh, this was in, uh, a lot of people were talking about this last week, but uh, there's this woman who's from Newcastle in uh, the UK. So she's a Geordie. Oh, oh, up. She's had a stroke. That's not funny. But no. then she's woken up with a Jamaican accent. 
The 60-year-old retired administrator is one of only 50 people known to have suffered what doctors now refer to as foreign accent syndrome. Oh, so she does, I thought, all the way through this, I'm going, yeah, like she's Jamaican, <laughs> right? So she, she went into the coma not Jamaican. With a Geordie accent, which is kind of yeah, a, a very close odd. relative of his Scottish accent. Yeah, it's not, it's not something you'd confuse with your Jamaican accent. No. Wow. And then, but then the sensitive newspapers. The headline for this story is "You talk funny, man." <laughs> that was the phonetics, right? Funny, man. That's sensitive, isn't it? Oh, that's very sensitive. My my mum's a bit not like that. She hasn't had a stroke and woken up Jamaican, but no. uh, she used to do the thing with people from if we were travelling, which we did mm. a lot when I was younger. She would uh, speak to people in other countries in their country. She just speak. She's American, so it was kind of made it more awkward. She go, she said, "Ask that man where the hotel is," and she'd be pointing at his face, like like he, like he was really close, and she'd be pointing like she was touching his eyelashes, right? <laughs> ask that man there. Ask him. I go, and I was like six. I go, oh, excuse me, do you know where our hotel is? And he just sort of gesture like he didn't speak English. And my mother would go, "Ask him louder." So I'd have to say it like twice. Do you know where our hotel is? Like that was going to work. That's a big American. Trip. Trick, isn't it? Just say it louder. Say it louder and people understand. But her other one, because was because um, I think the say it louder thing is if, if someone is frightened by your your speaking to them they, or they don't understand, if, if someone just doesn't understand your language, um, shouting at them, like deafening them and making them afraid is a really good way to, to teach them how to speak <laughs> your language. But the other one she'd do is we were in Italy once and she's talking to this, she said to this guy, do you, you know, do, do you know where our hotel is? And he went, oh, no, speak, you know. And so she actually spoke in what she thought was an Italian accent. Like, she, do you know where the hotel is? You know, and surprisingly, he went, yes, as a matter of fact, you got it. No, he didn't really do that. But um, I just couldn't, like, even as a kid, I went, this is so wrong. Like, just doing, doing someone's accent at them. And she hadn't even had a coma. <laughs> hadn't even had a coma. Yeah, I mean, oh, what, what are you doing speaking in that accent? You haven't had a coma? <laughs> Had a coma. <laughs> foreign accent syndrome. I heard that that's what happened to um, Greg Ritchie. He just woke up one morning and he was oh. Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, that could well be. Foreign accent syndrome. Is that actually a thing now? It's an actual thing. I mean, it could be a nightmare if your job was like, you know, telling people for the police that, you know, their husband had been killed in a horrible accident. I'm afraid to tell you very bad news. <laughs> Although, those, those Indian guys who do the telecom mm. stuff, yes. they could wake up with an Aussie accent. And just do heaps more business because people would go, oh, Aussie, he's Aussie, I'm, I'm, I'm buying some of that. <laughs> Is this what we're doing today? Have you got a foreign accent? <laughs> that you, can't be a call-in topic. Did no. you wake up with a foreign accent? <laughs> do we want to do that? <laughs> people would just pretend. <laughs> but, okay, not me. Is that what when we're going to do? Have you woken up with a foreign accent? doesn't have to be real or not. That wasn't what I was going to do, but that's what we're doing now. Call us up, one triple three five three. It's Rob Thomas and Santana. Smooth here at Get This on Triple M. No time even for the jingle. Oh, ooh. We're running that late. When Greg Fleet comes in, the show seems to just somehow go off the rails. We found ourselves asking, do you have foreign <laughs> accent syndrome? <laughs> Only 50 recorded cases in the last century. How many calls have we had? <laughs> Heaps! Heaps. Well, that's the thing. A lot of them are in the uh, the Australian region. This is where you wake up after some kind of medical mishap and you mysteriously have a new accent. It does actually happen. Uh, who have we got on the line there? Uh, Tim, are you there? Tim, do you have uh, foreign accent syndrome? No. <laughs> okay! <laughs> oh, it's good that we're getting both sides of the Not argument. Not at all. <laughs> oh. You've never had it? No, no, but I was in Pongolia once and a sepo lobbed up and uh, asked directions where he could get some fries and I said mate you're standing at Piccadilly Circus 
If you can't work it out from Hungry Jack's McDonald's or the American Steakhouse, you're an obviously an idiot. And he went, wow, that's a really strange English accent. And how do you go at customs? Oh, terribly. Yeah, yeah they always lob me, nail me up against the bench. Yeah, I always, I mean, I've talked about this before, but I was once in the queue at a customs at Heathrow, and there's a very posh English bloke, and he's, the American people are coming through, and he's going, um, and how long are you here for? And then the next one, and how long are you here for? And the next one, how long are you fa- here for? And when, when you, someone from Australia arrives, he goes, when are you leaving? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so unfair. I had a guy at, at customs in England say to me, I'm going through just doing the normal thing, and this guy said, he's talking to me, oh, from Australia. Like, yeah, anyway. So I don't think it's very fair what you people did to the Aborigines. And I went, hang on, just a minute, wasn't that you? <laughs> and I stole a loaf of bread and got sent home. Um, and if you steal multigrain, you go business class. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for not having the answer we were looking for. Mm. Uh, Steve is on the line. Steve, have you got a foreign accent? Yes, mate, I have. I was uh, being in Europe. I watched too much telly. I just want to thank you for my Get Who Farted t-shirt I won once off you. When Ed was there. But listen, I woke up with this French accent like Jacques Cousteau. Do you know Jacques Cousteau? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. yes. He's the famous underwater explorer, and he was in the Antarctic. Oh, All right. And how long did the accent stick for? Well, you have to, just for this little clip of his. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, he wanted to explore under the ass, and his colleague Philippe was making a hole in the ass. And as the camera comes back, oh, Philippe, we can see your asshole. It is a very nice asshole. Uh, Jacques Cousteau used to do to Philippe, who was his son, what, like, um, Albie Mangles used to do to his dog. Like, he, I think Philippe ended up dying on one of Jacques Cousteau's things. He'd go, Philippe will now swim down and place his face inside the mouth of the moray eel. And he'd just go, no, Dad, or Philippe will ride the rubber dinghy off the cliff. <laughs> just no regard for your son, Jacques. You're sitting back smoking cigars on the big boat. <laughs> Stop the propeller with your tongue, Philippe. Thank you, Steve. We've got Angus McAngus on mm. the line. Are you there, Angus? I think we've lost Angus oh, McAngus, right. but uh, we do have... But we got to hear his name. That was yeah. good enough. Apparently, he was he was <laughs> Scottish and turned Irish. Like, we'd know the difference. Okay, have we got Felix on the line? Yeah, you there, man. Felix? Hi, guys. How are we? Not man. bad. What happened to you? Well, I didn't wake up with a foreign accent, but I woke up with a girl with a foreign accent. Oh, oh. That's, near, that's a medical condition. <laughs> That's uh, well, it was caused by a medical di- condition, the overtake of, uh, or the overindulgence of alcohol. Oh, right. Oh. I thought I went to bed with an Australian girl, but when I woke up, but anyway, we were able to speak the international language. Right. Oh, what? Did you have Morse code there? <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> and so what was the accent that this woman had? She was French. Oh, oh hey, look, you, how, did, how come it, when you get really drunk, you wake up with a French woman? When I get really drunk, I just wake up in a gutter by myself, <laughs> mumbling about how the people at the TAB aren't fair to me. I couldn't understand a word she said, and she couldn't understand a word I said, but it worked. Uh, you know, if more marriages were like that, it would be <laughs> a beautiful, mm, beautiful world. Are you still together, Felix? No, it was only a one-off. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Australian. Well, it doesn't sound like we need to send that man a prize, no. which is just as well because we don't have any, nor do we have any more time. Oh. Fleety, thanks for coming in again. I feel I wasn't quite as dazzling as I was last week, but then again, I was consistent. 
She's got all those plums things out oh, of your yeah. system. The plum puns, you know, that's pretty much it's your five years. Thanks <laughs> for having me. We'll put them on rotate and they'll be put to good use over the weeks on the show. God, that's me ghoulie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone who called in with a foreign accent. Thank you, Mr. Marsden and Nikki and everyone who contributes to this fine program, Matt and uh, anyone else, Katie. Yeah. Uh, Katie obviously didn't think that was going to work. So oh, yeah, we showed her. Yeah, ah, it just got... proves if you if you're caring enough about your audience, people will phone in even if you say, "Have you ever woken up with a foreign accent?" We got three calls. <laughs> oh, <laughs> count them! And one of them was no. And I think our key phrase today was what? Did we have one? Oh, be And we'll be back tomorrow with Ben Elton. And it's all thanks to the all-new Mercedes Benz Rachel.